you would hear shofars being blown all over the place as we honor the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you. the carpet and do everything we can to welcome the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The reason that particular chorus was resonating with me so much today, I've been talking for three weeks now on reversing the curse. And I really believe that there are high places that's got to come down. I really believe there are strongholds that have to be broken. And the only way that can happen is by the blood of Jesus Christ. He's the only one that can break the curse. Because the curse is on us from Adam. And therefore we have to find a way in Jesus Christ, the second Adam, to reverse that curse. I want to, I want to start out today. I didn't do a, a message on this as such could have, and that is the effects of anger, and what anger can cost you. I don't want to make a sermon out of it, but I wanted to, maybe as a prelude to what I was going to say this morning, look at Exodus chapter 2 and verse 20, and we'll, we'll start there, Exodus 2.20 is um, one of the scriptures that I wanted to um, start off with in regard to the anger part. Exodus 2.20, and he said, and he said to his daughters, and where is he? Why is it that ye have left the man? Call him that he may eat bread. I think that must be the wrong one. Look at verse chapter 34 and verse 11. I've, wrote, I've written down so many that it's possible, just possible, that I might have written one down wrong. Look at Exodus 34, 11. Boy, I tell you what. Anyway, the Lord's going to bless it anyway. That's mistake number one today. So if I don't do any more, I'll have a good day. All of you remember, all of you remember the account. I'll tell it to you. All of you remember the account of Moses getting mad with the Egyptian and killing him and hiding his body in the sand. And then uh, him having to flee because he was afraid for his own life. And he went down in the Midian desert, stayed there for 40 years. Anger delayed God's will in his life for 40 years. And also, during, during the um, routes of the children of Israel, <clears throat> remember when God had spoken to Moses, they were complaining because they didn't have water. And God told them to speak to the rock. And instead of speaking to the rock, you know, he smote it. He got mad. He said, you people can't ever be satisfied with anything. And he smote the rock twice in his anger. The water came out, 
But God gave the reason why Moses didn't get a chance to go to the promised land was because of his anger. So be careful in those moments when your um, emotions get strong. Sometimes an act of anger can prohibit you from having the blessings of God or can um, delay them for a long time or can actually keep you from ever being in the promised land that you want. So be careful with that. That's not what I'm preaching today. I just wanted to start there. <clears throat> I believe we have a curse of violence on our land today. And I want to talk about that some today. What are the causes and what is behind all of this violent anger and vitriol that is being spewed in every direction in this nation today? I want to start in Proverbs chapter 6. I want to read verses 16 through 19. For our time today, I want you to forget what color you are. I want, to, want you to forget what political party you aspire to. And let's look at the Word of God. Straight, clear. That's the best way to do it. It's not being colored because I have an allegiance to this or that or the other. This is the Word of God. In Proverbs chapter 6, Verses 16 to 19. These six things the Lord hates. Yes, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look. A lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that are swift in running to evil. A false witness who spreads lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. Won't you see what the Lord hates? And they're actually an abomination to him. Now it's not my intention of any, anything that I want to say today to add to any person's pain. I'm not here to make you feel bad, not here to bring condemnation to any decisions that people have made in their past lives. But I have felt strongly moved of the Lord that I need to preach this message today. So please receive it. Receive it in the way in which it is given. And that is as a sincere desire to help us look beyond the obvious sometimes and see what's at the core of what is happening. We need to realize just how calloused we have become toward truth and right. <clears throat> when I was coming along and we went to colleges and to school, education was looked at as a way for a free exchange of different views. We would come together and people would have different opinions and different views on different subjects. Now we're living in a day when you're not allowed to have a different opinion. You're not allowed anymore to take the opposite side from the one that the professor or the instructor is giving. 
you have to go by what they say, else you are in danger of being failed in that course or literally being made a laughing stock among the other students in school. It's a sad thing that we have come to the place that we are not secure enough in who we are in our relationship in Jesus Christ that we can't stand for someone else to have a different opinion or someone else to see things from a different perspective. And I wanted to read that to you because it's important. In Deuteronomy chapter 30 in verse 19, there is a great scripture that says, I call heaven and earth to record against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore choose life that both you and your seed may live. God says, I'm giving you the opportunity to make a decision as to what choice you want. And he said, I exhort you to choose life. I wanted to, I, I read that scripture to you because within it carries, a, it carries a phrase that says, hands that shed innocent blood. It's right in the middle of those six verses and those seven things that God hates. It is amazing to me how that we have become so calloused in regard to the subject of abortion. I don't talk about this a whole lot in the pulpit. And I would only do it with a, an adult audience. But I think it's something that we need to take a closer look at and to understand it. Hands that shed innocent blood. This is one of the few scriptures where God and hate are used together. God hates hands that shed innocent blood. I wanted you to look at that and to understand that, that God is holy and God cannot abide by the sinful practice of shedding the blood of innocent, innocent beings. I want you to see that. God is in, in, in Psalm chapter 10. I want to read part of it. If you'll put that up on the board for me. You'll see one of the reasons why God is standing afar off. Why standest thou afar off, O Lord? Why hidest thyself in times of trouble? Lord, Lord, why aren't you hearing us? Lord, why are you so far away from us? We're calling out to you. And it seems as if you're not hearing us. What's going on? Look at verses 7 and 8 of this same chapter 10. His mouth is full of cursing and deceit and fraud. Under his tongue is mischief and vanity. Next verse. He sitteth in the lurking places of the villages. In the secret places doth he murder the innocent. His eyes are privily set against the poor. Now, now, now chapter 10 of the Psalms is very much aligned with that scripture out of Proverbs that I read to you. And it's aligned from the fact that he was trying to discover why God was, was withholding his presence and why God was backing off from the nation whenever some people were crying out and calling out to God. And God be said because 
there are those who are lurking in the quiet places and are hiding and they are waiting to shed innocent blood. And this is not just about abortion, but it certainly involves it. I want you to see that God is standing afar off. I, I really believe that there is a curse of violence that is on this nation today. I've never lived in a day when people are so full of hard feelings and bad thoughts toward one another. When people are so living on the edge that the slightest comment can evoke a mouthful of cursings and ugly things to say. And it's disturbing whenever we are trying to live for the Lord in this day and in this generation and to see these kind of things that are so much on the edge of every conversation and everything you do and every place that you go. Do you hear what I'm saying today? I believe there is a curse of violence and a curse of hatred that is on this nation today that some way, somehow, we as the people of God must cry out to the Lord and find out how we can help break this curse of anger and hate that is going on in the world. A few years ago, we wouldn't even have spoken of such things that we talk about openly now. These TV sitcoms, they approach the subject of abortion that it's no more than clipping your toenails. There's nothing to it. It's just something that um, is necessary because it inconveniences you to be tied down to a baby or a child. And it's not my place to bring condemnation to anyone, maybe someone's in here, that years ago you made a decision along that line and, and it was something that, that you felt was necessary and, and you went through it at the time but you've come to the Lord and you realize what a horrible decision that was. I want you to know when you come to Jesus, His blood cleanses us from all sin. So you are never going to be held responsible for that kind of stuff again. But sometimes it just bothers people right on and right on. I want you to understand in Judaism, I was sharing with someone this morning. I've been reading some about Judaism. In Judaism, it is taught that the very moment that a child is conceived in the, in, in the, the mother, that the soul stands before Almighty God. And Almighty God gives that little child a mission for life. That's how sacred that little child is viewed. So that then when the child leaves the presence of God from receiving his lifetime commission, that child then is, is reunited with that little small embryo that is in the mother. I want to tell you, we are not to pass this stuff off as if there is nothing to it. I believe that it is a God-given blessing that the children that are given to us is a gift from the Lord and we need to look at it that same way. It is never to be anything except a gift from God. I found these statistics that says worldwide there are 126,000 abortions every day. 
which equals 46 million abortions every year. 46 million people who will never have a chance to experience life, never have a chance to have children of their own, never have a chance to enjoy being in church or helping acquire or taking part into things. In the United States alone, there are 3,700 abortions every day, which equals 1,370,000 people every year who are wiped out. 1,370,000, wow, every year. Here's the disturbing part of that statistic. 95% of all abortions are done as a means of birth control. 95%. In other words, it has nothing to do with the health of the mother. On 95%. 1% is because of rape or incest. 1% because of fetal abnormalities and 3% because of the mother's health problems. But 95% is so it doesn't interfere with our lifestyle. It doesn't change my way of living. Let's just get rid of it. There's nothing to it. Now think about it for a minute. These are God-given gifts that he's trying to give to people. And I want you to, in, in Proverbs 1.11, he says, They say, come with us. Let us lie in wait to shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let's just, let's just hide and wait on somebody to come along who's innocent and don't know any better. And let's take advantage of them. So it goes beyond just the idea of abortion. But I want to tell you, this thing, this thing has taken hold of this nation of ours. And our own comfort and our own convenience is taking priority over everything that is right and everything that God requires of us. Amen, preacher. I know you know that I'm telling you the truth. And here again, let me go a step further with this. We all watch these detective programs on TV. I'm one. I love to see, I love to figure out who did it. There's really not much else on TV that I care about. But I like to figure out who did it. But there's one thing that I've discovered that, that kind of hits home to me. And that is it isn't just the killer that's involved, but it's who put him up to it. And who put him up to it is just as guilty as the one who did it. They become an accessory before or after the fact. So not only is it the person doing the violence, it's the person who gave him the opportunity to do the violence. And you know why this bothers me so much? And I know this is not a shouting sermon today and I don't expect shouts, but I want you to hear the truth of the word of God today. What really bothers me about that is how many people 
How many politicians are we giving a job to who believe in and support the taking of innocent babies' lives before they're ever born? They wouldn't even have a job if we didn't vote them in office. So in essence, we're hiring them to do that very thing. I know that's hard to swallow. I know it's hard to think in those things. But I believe that there, are, that there is a curse on this nation. Then that curse has come from our, from our inability to receive and accept the importance and the value of a human life. So that taking of an unborn baby is no more anymore than, like I said before, than someone clipping your toenails. So it has spurred a nation who has no real care about life. I was watching a news clip this morning when, when some people were outside of a rally that was going on. And these other people disagreed with them, just came up and popped them side to head with something. You know, and the guy's got blood running down his face. And he didn't even know the person. The person just comes up behind him and hits him. You know, don't know what they stand for. Don't know why they're here. I just don't like what they're doing, so I'm going to try to get rid of them. God, help us to get rid of this kind of hatred and this kind of anger that is on the surface in this nation of ours. We need to wake up, folks, because I believe that we are allowing some things to take place that is the reason why we have such a curse on this nation of ours. We do something, the Bible says in Lamentations chapter 5, and verse 7 he says, Our fathers sinned and are no more, but we bear their iniquities and their curses. I want you to see that. That's in Lamentations. And uh, he, he said in chapter 5 and verse 7, Our fathers have sinned, see it, and are not. And we have borne their iniquities. Oh, they started it, but they're dead and gone now. But this curse has been passed down to the other nation, to the people who have followed them. Now folks, I'm gonna be the first one to say, there's been a lot of bad stuff that has happened in the history of this nation. I don't think anyone who has had in their right mind would agree, and leave alone a relationship with God, but anyone with their right mind would agree there's a lot of bad stuff that has happened to people and it is ridiculous that it even happened. Sometimes it happened because of the color of people's skin and other times because of who they were or where they come from or the lack of, um, of money or prosperity and so they were singled out. I'm telling you there is a curse on this nation that we must find a way to break it in the name of Jesus. I honestly can say, I don't make any decisions for this church based on skin color or money or the lack of it. Because if I do, it's a sin and it's wrong. And I wanna make that very, very clear. But we've seen over and over these things happen. These wickedness that we see in this nation and over and over it goes on. 
We think about our, our, our political fathers and who have paved the way for us and made decisions, made laws against people simply because of who they were. My God, how awful and how much repenting we need to do as a nation and as a race of humanity. And I am of the firm opinion there's not but one race. And that's the human race. If we try to make it into anything else, it is wrong. We're all equal in the sight of God. There's never any place in the scriptures that anyone should be treated any differently because of the color of their skin. Glory to God. So I want you to understand and see. I want to take it a step further. Have we ever seen a time when there are so many shootings in our schools? When people are walking in, sometimes it's an ex-student, sometimes it's a mad student, sometimes it's just a person walking in indiscriminately off the street, carrying their AK-47s, or carrying their 9 millimeters or whatever it is that they're using, and just shooting people down. We make a big thing out of it, and it is a big thing. Oh, we show it on all the major networks. How could anybody walk into a school and shoot innocent babies? But think about this thing. We have borne this by this nation's outlook on the killing of innocent babies before they're born. We are birthing violence. We are birthing the killing of more people. And just because they're 15 years older doesn't make it any different. It's still murder. And it's still sinful. And we just as well place the guilt where it belongs. Now we can ride around in our fancy cars. And we can ride through Washington with our pins on our lapel. Showing that we're a person of distinction. But I want to tell you friend. You're going to answer to Almighty God for the laws that are passed and for things that are passed on to this country. But I do believe that we're under a curse. And I believe that curse is going to continue until the people of God begin to rise up and say, we're not going to have it anymore. We're not going to take it anymore. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Look at Psalm chapter 15. Verses 1 through 5. He said, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? And who shall dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and worketh righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue nor does evil to his neighbor. Nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised. But he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money to usury. Nor does he take a bribe or reward against the innocent. There it is again. There's the innocent being harmed. 
There's the innocent becoming the target. And this is what God is, is, is making a strong rebuke about. If you're going to stand in the presence of the Lord and dwell in the house of God, you cannot take a stand against the innocent. We've got to lift up the name of Jesus over people who can't help themselves and bless them in the name of the Lord. I know this is not camp meeting preaching, but I've had this thing in my spirit for quite some time. And I'm just sick and tired of being people being so mad and so angry. And you can't even say anything to anyone without them saying something very insulting and reproachful in response. I want to see the people of God once again lift up holy hands to the Lord. And let's speak unto the Lord and glorify his name for he is worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I don't think we should be surprised at the number of school shootings. It's horrible. The worst words you can possibly think of, it is that and a hundred times more. But it is no more than the 1,384,000 that we are killing before they're ever born in the United States of America every year. And we need to understand that. And I make my position very clear. I cannot speak on behalf of you as a church and, and as the church, but I can speak for myself. And I say I never vote for anybody if they stand for the killing of babies. That's the one thing. If it doesn't get past that, that's where I stop. And I don't mind saying it over and over and over again. Because if I, if I hire the man to do it that says that it's okay to do it, then I am an accessory to the murder of those children. Uh, praise God. We've been, we've been speaking and talking about the curses that is on our life. I've dealt with reversing the curse of our words. I've talked about reversing the curse on our money. And now I, I'm talking about reversing the curse on America's violence. This violence is not of God. I'm telling you, friend, this thing that, that just run out and, and kill somebody or shoot somebody just because you can, this is the kind of world that we're in today. We never thought we'd live to see the day that there were people in this world who wanted to kill you and they don't even know you, they don't know your name, and they don't know anything about you, but they want to kill you because you're different from them and you worship a different God from the God that they worship. Huh. Who ever thought that we would live in a world like that? I grew up in a time when we never locked our home. I grew up in a time where anybody could walk into anybody else's house. Just walk to the front, open the door, and walk right in. It didn't matter. Everybody was welcome. Didn't matter who it was. We'd sit down around the table and we'd eat a biscuit and drink a glass of sweet tea. Because we're in the South. That's the kind of life I grew up in. That's the kind of communities that I grew up in. 
where we all loved one another, we all worked for one another. Our family worked for the family next door and they shared in their work with us and we worked for one another and with one another. Nobody ever got mad and killed anybody. Now we want, to, we want to make this big thing about guns. Well, if we didn't have all these guns, we wouldn't have all this killing. Folks, guns have been in this world, in this country, since it was founded. And guns have never been a problem. It's the people who pick them up, whose hearts are not right with God. That's where the problem is. The problem is not with the guns. And we need to understand, let's stop. Let's stop it. And let the truth stand up one time. Let's stop putting our political spins on it. And let the truth be heard. The truth of God's word. And God's word said, Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Whatsoever a nation sows, that shall that nation reap. And I believe we are reaping what we have sown. I believe we are right now going through the generation who, will, who has followed the time when the Roe v. Wade became law in this land. Now we are, remember, remember, remember you sow to the wind and you reap the whirlwind. You throw the pebble into the water. Not just one ring where that pebble hits the water, but the rings get further and further out and larger and larger the further they go. And I believe that we are suffering as a nation right now of violence because we have sown the seeds of violence already and we are com they are coming back to haunt us now. And we need to understand that thing. That it's, it's, that's just the way it is, folks. And, and we've got to bring this thing to a halt one way or another. And I remember, I remember back in the Old Testament in the book of Exodus. When the death angel was passing by. And God told Moses, he said, if you'll tell the people. If they'll kill an animal and take the blood. If they'll put the blood up over the doorpost of their homes. When the death angel comes by, he said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And the Jews still ce celebrate Passover now because they are remembering that God passed over Israel because the blood was applied. I want to tell you about this church, folks. We want the blood applied over the doorpost. I want to tell you about all the families that are a part of this church. I want to see the blood applied over your family so your children are protected, so your household is protected, so that the hand of God is prominent and first and foremost in your life today. God help us. God bless America. But I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about the Spirit of God and the presence of God and the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Let me show you how intimately God knows you. In the 139th Psalm, verse 13. Psalm 139, verse 13. Hallelujah. For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's womb. 
I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Glory to God. Do you think that's just a little blob of tissue? Do you think that's just a little, well, I shouldn't have, but I did. And now I've got to take care of it. God help us. Uh. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you. <laughs> when I was made in secret. And skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Wow. Read that again. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret. The substance, the substance was the beginning of the little embryo. And God was concerned with that. He said, and this, this, this is in talking about the Jewish idea of the soul appearing before God and God giving them a lifetime mission my substance was not hid from you. You knew about it, God. <laughs> when I was made in secret, and, and here's the next part that's really interesting, and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Wow. Where, where, where do these souls come from? When they, when they are born or put into a new embryo, a new baby. Where were the souls? That's deeper than what I can wade into. He says they are curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Wow. Is, is there a place where all of these unborn babies' souls are being kept? Where is the lowest parts of the earth? Wow. Uh, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed or unperfect. And in your book they are all written, the days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them, when I didn't even have any days, Lord, you fashioned them for me. How precious also are your thoughts to me, O oh God. How great is the sum of them. We're all born for a purpose, folks. We must recognize that when a woman has a child, that is not, that is not a problem. That is a gift from God. And God has given that person a special opportunity to bring a child up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that child can be a great blessing. We need another Billy Graham to step up to the plate who will hear the call and who will become the man of God that he was when he passed his mantle on in this world. We need some mighty men and women of God. There are a lot of us that are headed on toward the sunset and we need young champions. We need young Davids who will still declare, is there not a cause? I'm not afraid of that Philistine. I will face him. 
Is there not a God who has delivered me from the hand of the lion and the bear? Will he not deliver me also from this uncircumcised Philistine? God help us in the name of Jesus. Give him praise and glory in his house today. Let's stand together. Help us, Lord. God, I don't want to see. I don't want to see this curse on this nation extended. I want to be one of the ones that will cry out against the hands that shed innocent blood. God, help us in this nation that has become so dangerous, in this nation that has been filled with so much anger and hatred and vitriol that is being spewed from one to the other, in a nation when we have cried out against God, we have said, I, we don't want you in our government buildings. We don't want you in our schoolhouses. We don't want anything to do with you anymore. You can't pray. You can't take your Bible to work. None of those things. God, forgive us. Lord, please forgive us. And lay not the sin to our charge and the sins of our forefathers, Lord. I pray that you would help us that we would not inherit those curses that have been passed down to us. Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ on our lives and our families and our nation's leaders. Lord, we claim that this curse that has been released due to the shedding of innocent blood, we declare that curse is broken right now and everything in Jesus' name. Lord, forgive us for being a nation and a people that have taken so lightly the lives of the innocent. Help us, Lord, that we would, our nation and ourselves that this curse is broken forever. Glory to God. Our curses have helped kept God back. And he stood back and he said, I want to bless you. But I've got to see the blood applied before I can pass over you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, forgive us, I pray. Set the record straight in heaven, Lord that we here at Gospel Temple Worship Center, that we who are here today, we strongly declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We strongly declare that we believe the Word of God. We strongly declare that we are not going to take the side of those who will take the lives of the innocent and those people who are taking advantage of these things today. Forgive us, I pray. Jesus' name. I wonder how many of you would join with me across the front of this church today. Do you feel as strongly about this as I do? If you will join across the front of this church with me today, I want to lead us in a prayer. And I want to lead us in a prayer that God will deliver us. He will deliver us as a nation, as a people, as a church. We have sinned. We have sinned greatly before God. And we ask the Lord to forgive us today. The millions, over 50 million little babies 
who have never been given a chance to live and to have a life. Lord, forgive us for that, I pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I lift up before you now everyone who is standing here. Though we personally have not been guilty of this particular sin, that the curses have been passed down to us and we are reaping the violence we are reaping the anger we are reaping the hatred we're we're reaping those bad feelings of people toward one another because of who they are Lord forgive us I pray Lord lay not the sin to our charge I pray Lord I pray that you would forgive us today in the name of Jesus I pray that you would forgive us, Lord, and lay not the sin to our charge. Lord, draw us into a place with you where we know beyond the shadow of a doubt, Lord, that we're standing for what is right, that we'll never put our approval on what is wrong, but we will stand for what is right. Lord, I pray for our nation. I pray for our nation's leaders. I pray that we may get out of this thing of these party partisan politics. And Lord, may we get into this thing of wanting to do what is right and honorable before God Almighty. In the name of Jesus, Lord, forgive us for the sins that that we have brought upon ourselves and that will be passed down to our children. Lord, forgive us, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Help us to love one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, loved us and forgave us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today. Lord, be glorified, be honored in everything we pray. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Now turn around and greet someone and tell them you love them and how much you need us, each other, in the family of God.